0: the LA Clippers. You're now tuning in to Cruise Control, hosted by my man Randy Cruz. Howling. Hey, welcome to another edition of the Cruise Control podcast. Here live in New York City, July thirteenth, two thousand and sixteen. Got my man Jabari Davis from BasketballInsiders.com talking about the NBA free agency. Warriors, Knicks, Bulls, Cavaliers, all that good stuff, Uh, lots to get into, so let's get right into it right now, Jabari Davis, my man, how you doing? Not much. How you doing today, Randy? I'm doing good. Can't complain with uh, with doing the uh, NBA free agency stuff. Uh, a, a, a lot of stuff has happened since the last time you were on the show. Uh, yeah. So so long ago that now your team, the Lakers, and my team, the Knicks, look like two completely different teams. Um, but I know we'll get into that. The Cavaliers, the Warriors, Durant. Um, a lot to get into, but um, I guess something more recent. Uh, that I want to start off with is the fact that Tim Duncan, 19-year career, um, I guess plans on retiring. And uh, without any hoopla, without any social media tweet or press conference or uh, world tour around every NBA stadium, he decides to retire after 19 years in the NBA. Just um, I guess we all kind of figured that time was coming close for Tim Duncan, but now that it's here, um, what are your thoughts about Tim Duncan uh, retiring from the NBA?
1: You know, Tim Duncan, while a lot of people would say, you know, he's boring, he's this, he's that, or the other all throughout his career, uh, the one thing that no one was able to say was that he wasn't great. You know what I mean? Like it may you know, his style, his uh, delivery may not have necessarily been you know in the, the general San Antonio Spurs uh, you know way of doing things may not have necessarily been everybody's you know favorite thing to watch. Uh, but again, there's not a single person out there that says that Tim Duncan was not great. I didn't get to see you know Bill Russell. Uh, I didn't get to see young Kareem. I got to see old, older Kareem. I didn't get to see you know uh, you know Will Chamberlain and some of those guys. So we when i answer this i'm speaking directly about say the last 25 to 35 years actually let's just say you know you know, 30 plus years he's one of the greatest big men that i've ever seen play i you know we were very fortunate you know being here in los angeles obviously there was a great robbery you know it, it kind of goes unnoticed at times it, it, it's interesting to me that it's not you know referenced more uh you know when, when folks start to have these conversations but you know maybe now that he's retired it he will uh you know he played. He matched up with either Kobe and Shaq or Kobe and Power. You know, the, the Lakers in general. If I'm not mistaken, six times in the, over an eight-year period in the, in the playoffs, and the NBA title in general, you know, from the Western Conference, pretty much went through those, you know, those two teams for the better part of a decade. Uh, uh, I will miss him. I'm an old, you know, you, you, you know, you know I'm, an, I'm one of those old cats that I really appreciate the history of the league. I genuinely respect it uh, and, and, and have a great deal of admiration for, the, you know, for all of the players. Uh, so when I see guys like Kobe Bryant, when I see now Tim Duncan, when I see a lot of the guys that I kind of, you know, I, I was an adult watching them play, and now all of a sudden they're old men. They've been playing 20 years, and now they're done. I guess it, it kind of puts things into perspective for me. But he's going to go down as an all-time great. And I'm, I think that we're all fortunate to have seen him play.
0: I mean, you're right. I think, you know, he. we all knew he wasn't the player that was always flashy and always on Center highlights and um, game-winning shots. But a guy that, you know, I would say rarely got injured. He, he played majority of his career um, healthy, all with one team, with, with San Antonio. And a guy that really led that franchise to 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 five championships. Um, boring, boring as hell. But when it came down to it, crunch time, when it came down to playoff and championship basketball, Tim Duncan was always um in the forefront in the Western Conference, and and, and a very competitive Western Conference to a point where there was one stat where I think from 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 1999 to so like maybe twenty fourteen, the NBA finals either included Kobe Duncan or or LeBron. Something like that. But so Duncan was mm-hmm. always in that in that um every year the the Spurs were always in contention. And and to have a career like that where every year you can come out as NBA champion um, I, I just don't think it was a better um, better fit than him in San Antonio and Greg Pop. Even Greg Pop got emotional, I think, yesterday on a video talking about how great Tim Duncan was not as a player, but also as, as a person. So that bond and that relationship um, is going to go on, fo- on forward, and, it remains, and, and it, it remains to be seen on how this team goes forward without Tim Duncan. So um, just kind of like can you put the spotlight on the San Antonio Spurs without Tim Duncan? I know they got Paul Gasol, they still got Kawhi Leonard and LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, Ginobili is still around, Tony Parker as well. But how how different will this will the Spurs be without Tim Duncan? Are they are they are they going to still be in that title contention going forward?
1: I think they're still going to be there, you know, you know, for the for the reasons that you just mentioned. You know, they'll, they'll, they still have talent. That's very clear. What's going to be interesting is go, it's going to be who's going to – like. will they miss his presence? You know what I mean? And I don't know that, you know, like any of us are qualified to really you know, even guesstimate on that. Uh, you know, we're just going to have to, you know, kind of wait and see over the, you know, over the next few months. And obviously as we get into the season. Um, but – the Spurs, you know, the Spurs are going to be the Spurs. You know, the, you, know the, you just mentioned it. They picked up Paul Gasol, you know, as a replacement. Now, as much respect as I have for Tim Duncan, it, it's, and particularly on the defensive end, um, you know, down the stretch, there's a reason, there's a reason why he ended up retiring. Um, so, if, you know, if Paul Gasol can give them any type of boost whatsoever – it may put them in a, you know, in a better position. Um, I you don't necessarily expect how to have the defensive impact, uh, you know, whether as an on-ball defender or as a weak-side defender that Duncan had, uh, just, just from a positioning you know, standpoint. Uh, but you know, if, if you're the Spurs, you got to still feel confident. Um, it, it, but time will tell what you know, just how much of an impact it's going to be. Uh, obviously, I'm speaking of uh, you know, Tim Duncan's loss.
0: I saw it a stat. I saw it a stat. I think yesterday. And you can look it up just to clarify it. But there was a a stat that <clears throat> that that uh, that said Tim Duncan defeated every team in the Western Conference in the playoffs except the Houston Rockets. Did you know that? Oh. Yeah,
1: that's a great one. I, I did not <laughs> know that. Uh, I'll definitely look you know look it up. But that's that's one of those ones where, you know, certain guys. You don't even have to wax poetic about it. You just say you, you just literally read their resume. The fact that that man, oh. you know, the fact that you while during his during his reign, you can say that. That's impressive enough in itself.
0: Right. Um also, you know, we, we all know Kobe retired as well. Now we add Duncan to the to the to, to the fray to the list and Basically two of the I guess two of the biggest stars in, in, in the post Jordan era are, are are now retired. Um now as a whole uh NBA, for you as a fan, um, how different is it gonna be going into next year knowing that you don't have both Kobe Bryant and Tim Duncan playing no more NBA basketball?
1: I'll notice it, but you know, I'll also keep it real. When it comes to, when it comes to professional sports, like I, you know, I'll get nostalgic about certain players. But the one beautiful thing about the NBA and one of the things that I I, I applaud them on, they do a fantastic job of you know, who's next. You know what I'm saying? Like right. you who know, who who are the next stars? So I'm gonna miss you know like I, I will miss not seeing. I will miss. You know, seeing twenty four, you know, your purple and gold uniform. I'll miss seeing twenty one. Yeah, I'll, I'll miss these guys completely. And I, you know, we'll have we'll all have the opportunity to you know get together during one of these summer podcasts and talk about the you know the good old days and the, and, and all of that. Uh, but you know, the, the the league is still very healthy. It's still hey, it's still extremely viable. The next guys are coming up. Uh, it, it, it'll be it'll be fine.
0: All right, now shifting to your team, the Lakers. Um, we know Kobe's gone, and they, you know, got some free agency pickups uh, earlier this month with with Moskoff from Cleveland, Lou Dang from uh, from Miami. They drafted Brandon Ingram. They're still developing Russell and Randall's and, and Clark. they they signed Clarkson. They're currently in the summer league, so I gotta say, you know. How do you feel? But also they added Luke Walton officially as head coach. So a different dynamic in in, in L.A. for the Lakers. So what is your current state on the Lakers' moves and, and what they did?
1: My honest opinion is that they're, they're they're completely headed in the right direction. I know that a lot of folks were upset. Look, I, I was a little bit surprised, generally because of the timing of the Mosgov signing. Um, and, and, and you know, this has been you know this has been stated by many people on many different platforms. But I, you know, I'll just be honest. Basically, when you go into the summer saying, "Hey, you know, uh, you know, look," they were talking about Summer Sixteen more than Drake. You know, they, they, they were talking <laughs> about, "Oh, it's, it, this is this is the year. This is the year. Just watch. Lo- just watch. Uh-huh. We're gonna have the cap freedom." We're, look. You can't go into a summer hyping it up, building it up, especially for a fan base as rabid as this Lakers fan base is, not just here in this market in Los Angeles, but worldwide. Let's, you know, if we're being real about it, just like your it Knicks, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you, 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 you can't set them up for that type of disappointment. Now, again, that being said, that's done. They, you know, they, they they obviously realized that some of those, you know, lofty dreams were not going to be the reality, and they did what they needed to do. I honestly don't care too much about the Mozgov signing, although it should fill an, an incredible void that they had. Uh, you're not looking at him to be an all-star. You're not looking at him to be a guy that's, you know, is, is going to be. Oh, you know, Mozgov's going to lead you to the promised land. You just hope that he can defend the rim. You know, work with the you know work out of the pick and roll with D'Angelo and some of those other you know some of those other uh, perimeter players, and and do what he needs to do for you know at, at least half of the game. Uh, the focus is the young guys, and if you if you're a Lakers fan, you've got so much to be look forward to and so much to be excited about. It's not even funny. I know folks are used to just snapping their fingers and reloading. That's not going to be this journey. So. I wrote a piece about this, you know, actually last week for Basketball Insiders about, you know, if, if, unless you have a team that's right there on the cusp, that's right there, you know, unless you're in a situation where, like you like the Knicks, you know, which I'm sure we'll get to, where they're clearly, you know, like they're going for it. If you, you know, if you haven't rebuilt, you may as well rebuild And if you're a fan of the Los Angeles Lakers, I know that everybody is used to things happening quickly. You've already gone through three or four terrible seasons. You may as well just appreciate and embrace this youth movement and really just get behind these young guys.
0: But, but to you as a fan and me as a Knicks fan, does, does it speak volumes to the fact that the LeBrons and the Wades and the, and the Kevin Durant, to whoever are you know plans on being a free agent, whoever they might be, just doesn't consider enough big-time markets like L.A., like New York, where Durant didn't even meet with the Lakers or New York. It wasn't even even a, a possibility. Now, back in the days, you wanted to come to L.A., you wanted to come to New York, Chicago, Miami. Now it just people would rather go to the Golden States, to Oklahoma City, to Portland. Does that speak volumes when you get a big-time talent like Kevin Durant? He's a free agent. He can go wherever he wants. But he doesn't consider New York or Los Angeles.
1: I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm on the opposite side of this. I know a lot of folks have been like, like, "It's it's a it's an intriguing storyline." But the truth of the matter is, it's much like with you know with the with the exorbitant money that guys are having right now. It's about the timing, of course. Los Angeles is still going to it's going to continue to be uh, you know, a market that people look you look to come to. But if you're Kevin Durant and you're leaving a team that just had a three one lead in the Western Conference Finals, you're not leaving them for a maybe they're going to be really good in a couple years. You're leaving for a sure thing. If you, just like last year with LaMarcus Aldridge, when everybody was like, "Oh man, it's so terrible that he didn't choose the Lakers." My question to everybody at that time was, why would he have chosen the Lakers when they were coming off of like 23 wins? Mm. You know, like it, like it, it's about the timing. So, like for instance, on the flip side of that, you know, everybody's making a huge deal about you know like about the about the price or excuse me about the contract that these players are getting. It isn't that Mike Conley is you know a 30 million dollar player when Steph you know Steph Curry is a 10 million dollar player. It's about the timing of when those, you know when those opportunities presented themselves with these players. The Knicks, if they take care of their business this year, if they can stay even relatively healthy and and, and be good, they will be a desirable destination down the road. If the Lakers can, can build around these young guys, Take their time with it and not try to fast track it. But and, and make a mistake, you'll know, by you'll know, like by sacrificing a lot of them just for one piece. Without the you know without the opportunity to bring in other pieces around that one piece, they'll be okay too, and they'll be a destination that people want to go to in a couple of years. It just isn't going to happen in the immediate because they're just not there yet.
0: Now I got a question for you. Once you saw all of these contracts getting laid out and people signing x amount of millions, millions of dollars. Did you yourself go to the gym, put some shots up, go in the weight room, try to get, try to sign on the team because Jabbar, there was so much money going out. And I'm seeing these people, hey, listen, if you're in the NBA, you have talent. And, you know, we can say somebody's a scrub or not that good. But when these numbers were, were, were pouring out, it was just like, wow. Like people out of retirement was, you know, people who are retired was like, wow, just imagine. The money in the days of T-Mac and AI and Shaq and Kobe and Michael, um, it it was just crazy. Like, did you really want to be like, listen, I got to go to the gym? Now I'm gonna tell you right now. To be honest with you about it,
1: I did have the thought, but the truth of the matter is, I'm washed. What I did think this is terrible. This is terrible. And, I, and let, let me officially say, I love my father. I'm very appreciative and everything. But the first thing I thought was, Mama, you couldn't have hooked up with a seven-footer, like for real? You, you you could? You couldn't have worked that out for me? No, I mean, look, look. Anytime you have Rip Hamilton saying, Hey, look, I, I might, I might be ready to go again. You, oh, know, you got the the rumors out there about Ray Allen. You you mentioned it. Guys out of retirement, ready to come, you know, come back and and get one of these nice checks. It's, you know, the numbers are, are, are gaudy. They're eye-popping. They're going to be, you know, they sound crazy. And I know that you're not guilty of this, but a lot of folks, you know, they, 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 for some reason they were even criticizing the players about it. My stance on it is, if they if the, if the owners have the money this extra money to play, to pay the players this much that means they're making that much more you know you know what I'm saying so true if you know, if if I'm going to, if I'm going to celebrate something it's going to be a player getting paid more than an owner getting paid nothing you know, nothing against an owner but look that guy's already a billionaire and in some cases multi billionaire so go ahead and get your money players go ahead and do it
0: now the the the, <clears throat> the Go to State Warriors they lose in the, in the NBA Finals Game Seven up three one. Um, they get Kevin Durant in the, in free agency, but I got to ask you, they get Kevin Durant, Zaza Pachulia, David West, but they also lose Andrew Bogut, Harrison Barnes, Barbosa, Azeale, Maurice Spates. Um, some names n- may not pop out to most, but when you – Look at the Warriors. They were 10, 11, 12 deep, and those are five guys that, that really helped them out um, on and off the bench. And, yes, they do get Kevin Durant, but I got to ask you, um, you know, two questions. One, did the Warriors get better because they got Kevin Durant even though they lost five people that were, that were, that were really helping them out on and off the bench?
1: I think that that's a great question, and it's something that a lot of people you know, don't really consider it. Like, remember back when LeBron and them you know, got together in Miami, and then they started off, you know, they didn't necessarily get off to the great start, and everybody's like, "Well, what's wrong with them?" No, it's because you can't just. Put you know you can't just put you know all types of different forces together and expect it to just you know happen immediately. Right. Now, obviously they were able to get it going and just like these warriors will eventually be able to. But the one thing that I that I'm cautioning fans you know, like you because know, I've already seen like oh well then they're going to be win 75 games this year no oh, I actually think they're probably going to win probably in the 60s mm-hmm. you know they're, they're going to have success but it's, I don't think it's going to be close to a record what what I think they did was they may have softened themselves in the in the, in the immediate but in the long term as once this team gets going once they get on the same page and everybody just kind of settles into their role and accepts them, uh, it, it they're gonna be nasty you know I I, I as long as Pachulia can stay healthy and provide the type of, you know, like the type of minutes that they were getting from, you know, from Bogut, especially on the defensive end, and as long as you know, like the, the you know, the, the, just a couple of those role players show up, that front four is just so ridiculous. So the first five is just so ridiculous that you know, yes, they're top heavy. Maybe they don't have quite the depth and or quite the chemistry, you know, that, that obviously they built over the you know over over the last few years. Uh, But, you know, look, unless somebody gets hurt, and of course we don't want that, I don't know, you know, I I don't know how you're going to beat that. I mean,
0: I assume, I mean, I assume the pressure is going to be, if it's one to ten, the the pressure is at a hundred for the Warriors because, uh you know, everybody expects Durant, Durant wants the title now, Um, I, I, I surely get that, and... It's going to be the offense is going to be relied on him, Draymond, Clay, and, and, and Curry. How much pressure do you think every single night that they're going to have, um, not, not to, to, to beat 73, but to say, you know what, if we got arguably, arguably two of the top three players in the world on one team, that there's no doubt that this team has to win a championship next year.
1: I think the pressure is going to be tremendous. It's probably going to be, to be honest with you, there's more pressure now than it was even last year. they were, they were the defending champs. Quite frankly, yo, know, the bullseye, the bullseye is going to be on their back every single night. That's that's actually part of why I don't think they're going to be in contention for that record again. Um, uh, and, and especially in the early going, I, again, look, I'm not expecting them to fall like ten games under 500 or anything like that. They're still sure going to be good. You know, like the, you, you put that much offensive talent alone, as well as on, on both sides of the ball. Like let's not let's not mistake Kevin. You know, the, the addition of Kevin Durant also helps them defensively. It makes them that much sh- you know that much stronger and that much more you know, you know you know have that many more options on the defensive end. You know, because you can play them at several you know several positions. Um, but um, Sorry, I lost. I actually, lost my train of thought. <laughs> my bad, Randy. Um,
0: oh, yeah, it, it was about the, um, the 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 pressure that that this team is going to have that they have to yeah. win a championship.
1: Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, I mean, okay. the, the the pressure is going to be so tremendous because on a nightly basis, every single every single team that they play is going to say, "That's that team. And those are the guys. And those are the guys we got to be." Because look, there are probably twenty maybe even 22 to 20, even 25 teams that have zero chance of winning a title next year. Let's just, I'm, I, I hate to say it like that, but they probably are. But on a, on two or four nights in the regular season, that's going to be their championship.
0: So let me ask you this. In, in in hindsight, does this kind of, with all the pressure going to go to state, Duran, everything, does this kind of help the Cavaliers and LeBron that The pressure to repeat is not as high for next year because everything, all the focus would be on Golden State and if they can get their act together with the addition of Durant. Does does LeBron, Kevin Love, Kyrie, the, the, the notion that the Cavaliers have to repeat, does that pressure kind of fall to the background to Golden State right now?
1: I really do think it does. I mean, look, they're going to have a bullseye as well because, of course, oh, yeah, by the way, hey, the defending champs, I'm glad you brought them up. Um, they're going to have a, a bullseye as well, and everybody's going to want to beat them too. But what this does two things. It takes it takes a little bit of the pressure at least you know, away from them and places it on Golden State, and it also does something for the narrative because, look, As much as I just said, hey, I don't see a team beating them. Obviously, we've seen you know we've seen crazy things take place. If LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers can somehow make it through the East once again and defeat, if it ultimately ends up being the Golden State Warriors in the finals, with that lineup what you know what does that do for his legacy and i and you know that i generally will stay away from that but hey look he's at that age we're 13 14 years in and uh, having accomplished what he's accomplished where we can have these you know these conversations comfortably what would that
0: do um man uh one that'll be that'll be ring number 4 um i think that that'll really put him in a conversation with with the likes of jordan kobe and the fact that you know, you, you really beat the the what they call the quote unquote super team twice in a row, uh, yeah. and I think everybody. I thought everybody should just back off LeBron, yeah, you know, him winning the championship number three this season. Where like there, there's nothing else you can say. You cannot hate on this guy. There's nothing negative you can say. Where. This guy was down, or the team was down 3-1 in, in the NBA Finals. We all thought it was going to be over like in five, maybe six without Draymond Green in game five. And then look what happens. Him and Kyrie just, you know, go off in game five. They went at home in game six, and they went on the road in game seven against a team that's won 73 games. I think right there... I think the legacy was already solidified, but I think that just extra put the, 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 the lid on everything. Like, there's no more hating. There's no more this, LeBron that. But, Jabari, we, we are in the NBA, and, and the fans are gonna just, just going to not like LeBron for whatever reason. And, you know, they can respect him, but they're just going to find something little else to, to, to complain about LeBron when I think there's nothing else to complain about him. You
1: know, fans are going to be fans. And, and, and look... I'm never. I'm never one to say, "Hey, look, you can't. You know, you can't cheer this way. You can't root. Look, root how you want to. If you, if you, if you live in, you know, live in that world where it's your team, and you know, forget everybody else, and especially anybody that you know, quote, you know, quote unquote, challenges the legacy of the, your favorite, you know, player or whatever. I get that, but I think what I, you know, my, my honest answer to that is, you're missing out. Like you may be watching those games. It's the same thing that I used to say to Kobe. You know, people that hated Kobe. You know that. I, you know, we've been talking about this for the past couple of years. You may you may watch the game, but if you're watching it with such a you know with such under such scrutiny and with such like such disdain for you know one of the NBA stars. I, I gotta be honest with you. I, I I think you do yourself a disservice. I don't think you can get, have a true appreciation. Again, you don't have to like LeBron James, especially if he's not playing on your team. But if you if you can't at least respect with you know respect what that man has done, and respect what all the greats he'll you know, continue to do on a night in and night out basis, without it being about like oh well, but he didn't do this. I'm sorry. I, I I don't think you're getting quite as much out of your basketball experience as you know as others. But hey, do you know do you?
0: And and, and and real quick, I know Kobe and Jordan never had to, to, to play a game seven on the road because either their series uh um, were over by that time or Kobe had a game seven at home. But mm-hmm. to, to win a game seven on the road and I think he had a a, a triple double. I mean, come yep. on now. Like who who and, and win the game. It just I think that, that playoff run, that finals was so epic for, for us as fans and so in in, in Incredibly important for LeBron. Like, I, I, don't think I don't know if he really cares about the legacy. But for us, media people and just fans, um, that right there, you know, solidified it. Game seven on the road, best team in the NBA, seventy three wins, triple double. I, <laughs> I, 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 just have no idea what you can really complain about next year. Oh well, he didn't. He didn't. Uh, he, he didn't do what? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He didn't do what? <laughs> there, there, there's nothing else. But you know i guess that brings more fun and humor and drama to it and we'll see what happens next year but if he, if he, if he, if he doesn't win next year then they'll probably say oh well he you know he couldn't win back to back with the cavs or, you know some other corny stuff but i guess that's just the nature we live in with with uh, nba fans
1: it is, and, and and I'll just say quickly, I won't get you into trouble on your own show. But uh, look up the old Chris Rock, and then, you know, for the listeners out there, look up the old Chris Rock where he was talking about not being able to please, like you know, like you'll never be able to please a woman. And just look up and, and to the part where it's diamond. Where, and, and, I, I, again, I, I won't, I won't go there on your show, but that's how that's how fans are at times. You you just can't, you know, you just can't satisfy them. Doesn't matter what you do. So. While I do think that you know players are far more alert and far more aware than you would ever think of the things that are said about them, I appreciate and I applaud the ones that are able to rise above that and simply go out and do them. Do you know do what works best for
0: them? One last thing on the Warriors, I, I, I seen Adam Silver talk about he's not really in favor of the of the big super teams and you know two or three teams having three four superstars. Um, I just wanted to get your take on that, and plus the fact that I think the Warriors are, are a little different of a of a super team because they the Warriors drafted Curry, Thompson and Green, so they're homegrown. These were already authentic players on their roster, and I mean, and they just happen to be you know become all stars and great players. And yes, they added Durant to be the fourth the fourth uh, monster on, on the squad. But I, I think when it comes to quote unquote super teams. I think they're a little different than the Miami's and the Celtics and whatnot. So I want to get your take on what he said, and do you agree to the fact that the Warriors super team is more authentic than others?
1: I agree exactly with what you're saying. The Warriors look—they built everything organically and then added an incredible piece on top of it. All the other super teams, they generally were coming together where yeah, two or three stars potentially leaving other markets in order to do so. Now, look, I feel for the fans in OKC. I truly do. Um, That said, the guy gave you nine years. Uh, It's cliche, but literally of his blood, sweat, and tears. So once the initial sting is over, I think they'll realize that. Look, he did he did everything he could for them. It simply didn't work. You know, and at this time in his life, it was time for him to move on. Now, Adam Silver is in a precarious situation because of you know he works for all of the owners, so of course he's got he has to say things of this nature. Because look, if you're if you're if you're if you're talking to the ownership there in OKC, if you're talking to the ownership, uh, you know in, in, in Houston or or anywhere else where they've you know they've lost a big name free agent and not been able to you know and, and not been able to. You know uh, get anything for them you have to kind of say those things where like the super team isn't necessarily the best of ideas because ultimately from a competition standpoint I get that line of thought like it's it's, it's great it's actually probably from a business standpoint fine because look all of their games if I'm not you know, like, uh, I could be wrong but I would be shocked if every single one of the Warriors games this year wasn't a sellout and not only being a sellout, Take, you know, like NBA teams, they even you know they, they get they tack on a little bit more for their games. You know what I'm saying? So, from a business side of things, it's going to be fine. But from a competition level, and on the on the on the you know, excuse me, in the you know, on the behalf of those teams that you know are not going to be able to bring in multiple superstars, I think Adam Silver has to say that.
0: We're chatting with Jabari Davis of Basketball Insiders. He's on Twitter at jabari davis nba um jabari my knicks look a lot different um it's about time i'm pretty happy about that um things you know everything happened a little slowly and you know the first derrick rose gets traded from chicago to new york i was when i found out i was like okay so like who we giving up and then it was lopez and jerry and grant and to get rid of Jose Calderon, I thought it was great because I thought no team would, would, would take him. And to be included in a trade for Derrick Rose, of all people, um, Jabari, I'll tell you this. When the trade happened, and this is how New York fans get down. I'm like, you know, you're getting—I um, know Derrick Rose is not the D-Rose from 2011. I think we all know that. But— I think he showed some promise last year. He played in a a, a very good amount of games, uh, I think 65 um, in that ballpark. So um, I know they did not make the playoffs, but he was pretty good last year. And then you're getting him to upgrade from your point guard. Knicks fans wanted to get rid of Calderon, and when Derrick Rose comes on board, it's like, oh, but he's always hurt, always hurt. Is he going to remain healthy for the season? Oh, this, all that. And I'm like – um you know we just traded Jose Calderon for him right and uh do, do you want to call Jim uh John Paxson back and to get Calderon back like nah we, we want Jose back you're getting Derrick Rhodes you're getting a, a multiple a, a multiple time uh all-star MVP uh used to average 25 points a game and he comes on your roster then you get Noah Brandon Jennings Courtney Lee you make the moves, and <clears throat> excuse me, And now the Knicks look more, they look very interesting. We're to a point where not only to make the playoffs, but we're talking about if everybody's healthy and everybody clicking to go along with Melo and Porzingis, you're looking at maybe a top four, top five team in the Eastern Conference. I'm not saying NBA Finals, but a team that can really compete and be interesting. Um, I, uh, for you being a West Coast guy, I gotta ask you: What do you make of the Knicks' moves that they made?
1: I was I was kind of in the early minority of being ecstatic about them. i will be honest. Like I, I the, 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 but like you, when I heard about the trade, I was like, wait, what did they give up? Because like, I better not hear Porzingis or something like that. Oh, I God. better not hear any silliness like that in this. But then when I saw what it was for, it was like, okay, I'm good. I'm good with that. The, no, look. Anytime you have a team that has Derrick Rose, Joe Kim, Noah, Mello, and some of those other guys, health is going to be a concern. If those guys can, if those, I won't put a number to it, but if those guys can even average between them, 65 to 70 games played, I think you guys are in business. Not necessarily saying a title contender. I I, I, I still, you know, you still got to see how the parts fit. You still got to see how everything kind of, you know, shapes up. You know, throughout the east and then look cleveland's still going to be cleveland and Toronto's still going to be toronto but i absolutely agree with you i think a four or five seed is absolutely it's, it's clearly a possibility especially if derrick rose and some of those guys play to you know not even to the level of yesteryear but just to the level that they played last year there's obviously a lot to be excited about here in new york i'm i you know, it you know Folks can you know, folks can complain all they want, but I also saw my timeline riddled with Jose Calderon, Jose Calderon, Jose Calderon. What are they doing? Why is he playing nonstop last year? If I'm not mistaken, even some of uh, even some of that by you, and you're you're usually pretty even cute. So if, if you're a Knicks fan, I'm sorry, you you need to be excited about this. You have to you know, you kind of have to be. Uh, they didn't you know, they didn't hamstring themselves for the next five years. It's you know, Over these next couple years, let's see what they can let's see what they can do.
0: And you know what's so funny? I did also forget the Lakers offseason splash included Jose Calderon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the reason, that right there was the
1: reason why I, I chuckled a little bit when you when you said we're trying to get rid of Jose Calderon. The difference is, and now look, look, let me let me put my cake on for a quick second. <clears throat> no, the difference is he was just starting point guard and being, being expected to do all types of stuff out there that he just simply cannot do anymore on this Lakers team. He's a 15 minute a night guy at the most He's a guy that you really you really want him in there for the culture you really want him in there for you know, for his you know, a bit of leadership in the locker room in practice. You know, put his arm around a guy like D'Angelo Russell, young guys like Jordan, you know, uh, you know Jordan Clarkson, you know, you know th- those young perimeter players, and kind of you know set them in the right you know, on the right path. It's not it's not because they're expecting him to come out there and play twenty five plus minutes a night and do some of the things that you don't know, like. Like I said, no, but we both know he just can't do
0: anymore. I think outside of Mello and Paul's, and Porzingis, obviously, I think the the main motor is Derrick Rose. And then when we when we made it when we made the deal. He still has one year left on his contract, so it's not like we, it's not like we signed him to a max deal or we exactly. take it on take it on a lot of money. To me, this is a one year Derrick Rose rental, and we'll see what happens. We'll see how he plays if he's healthy, and we'll, we'll we'll take it from there next season because a lot of good a lot of great point guards are going to be free agents. Chris Paul, Curry, Russell Westbrook. Uh, if, uh-huh. if he's still with the Thunder uh, next season, but. I don't mind the deal. I I, I I was happy. We get him on one year. We'll see how he does. And to, to me, Jabari, he might feel like Chicago just gave up on it. He might feel like, you know, I, I, I'm from there. And, you know, when it was good, it's good. But now it's bad. They, they let me go. It's, it's Jimmy Butler's team now. And now I have to really prove myself that I can I can be a great player. I can try to get to that 2011 season. But I think when if you saw the press conference um here in New York, he looks you know he don't really say much you know his his emotions aren't always there like that, but just by looking at him, you could tell like he he he's working he wants to he wants to do well here in New York, and he feel like Chicago gave up on him, and he wants to prove not only Chicago but the entire n b a that you know he can still go and prove to the, to to the Knicks and the fans that. You know, this this could be a a, a long term thing. Now, what might scare the fans away is the fact that what if D Rose does well, doesn't get hurt, then it's like, mm-hmm. all right, do we do we sign him to two years, three years, or do we just say, thank you, D Rose, we're gonna go to Chris Paul, Curry, and Westbrook. There's no guarantee we'll get them, but now you're you're faced with you're faced with that dilemma next season if he does well. But I like it. I like Noah being on board. I like Brandon Jennings on one year. Again, he's another one that is, yep. is trying to prove everybody wrong that he can still play. He, he's only seven years in uh, in the NBA, lots of mileage to go. And then you get a, a good, serviceable two-guard in Courtney Lee. They spread the offense out with him and, and, and poisoning uh, on the wing. So I like it. We just got to add a couple things to our bench. We also get um, Jeff Hornacek is not a coach. So we don't have to deal with Kurt Rambis being our coach and triangle stuff. I think Phil went away from the triangle. He was like, "Eff it, I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going for it." And when us fans can look back and say, "Wow, the Knicks really." Anybody would say, well, the Knicks got the the the, the twenty eleven All Star team, but I, I, my thing is this: they're very interesting in twenty sixteen and can really do some damage. And going up, going up against the likes of Cleveland, Toronto, Indiana Pacers, stepped their game up too. Yep. Uh, Toronto, Boston. So I think we could be in that four or five range. Um, come playoff time.
1: One hundred percent agree, and you know the the clearest point on this is the fact that Derrick Rose is on the final year of a deal. Uh, I think that you know you you mentioned the scenario like what happens if he plays well. I think that's a good problem to have. You know, I mean that like, and of course you cross that bridge when you when you get there. But that's a good problem to have, like to have to make that decision and to have options at that point. Um, Look, Derrick Rose is going to play well. A lot of you know. I'm trying I was trying to think of how to say it but I think that Chicago should have made it should have made the decision they made. It was time to move off from him. Not because he couldn't play anymore, just because you know, with how things basically with how things are configured there, with Jimmy Butler, you know, the, you know, rising, it was it was kind of it was clearly that it was clear that those two players weren't going to be successful together, uh, ultimately successful together. But that doesn't necessarily mean that Derrick Rose is done. A lot of teams gave up on Chauncey Billups early in his career. A lot of teams gave up on plenty of other guards. You know, like earlier in their career, right. that doesn't mean that you can't have a resurgence. You know, he's only he's only he's only 27 years old. He'll be 28. You know, later on, you know, later on this year in October, but. Still, I'm hoping that he can stay relatively healthy because I believe that he's got plenty of basketball left in those legs, and I hope that it ends up being in the New York Knicks uniform for the next few years.
0: Uh, real quick, I know one one other team in the East looks a whole lot different, and that's the Miami Heat. Um, they yeah. don't have D. Wade. They don't have Joe Johnson. They don't have Luau Dang. Um, the, the, the health uh, concern for Chris Bosh, they did resign Whiteside, and and Tyler Johnson, they still got uh, Goran Dragic. Um, can 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 the Miami Heat? One, do you think the Miami Heat, um, like Chicago, did did a did a good thing in letting D Wade go and not paying for the the whole nostalgia act of what what he's been able to do? All the you know the quote unquote Kobe contract um, uh-huh. th- that the Lakers did. Do you feel like that it was time for D Wade to move on? Do you feel like he should have stayed because he's been with the Heat soft, uh, throughout throughout his entire career. And what does it what does it mean going forward for the Bulls, knowing that now they have D Wade, Jimmy Butler, and Rajon Rondo?
1: I get why Wade may have been, you know, might have had you know some sensitive feelings about it. You know, may have said like, "Oh, well, I thought I was a Heat." Like, you know, I get that. But at the same time, on the flip side, I get why Miami went to a certain point and said, "This is what we this is what we got for you, big dog. This is what we got." And once he, and, and, and I don't think it's a coincidence that, you know, that, that he didn't end up taking it. I think they, without saying that like, you know, they, are like, you know, some evil plot. I think they basically said, what is the most we can, we can offer him without him taking it. And I think that was that, you know, that, that was that offer. It was, it, it was, it was plenty of money. Like let's, let's not poo poo $20 million, but you know, given how things have gone over the last five years or so six seven years or so with him taking you know you know haircuts so that they could bring in other guys and and you, you kind of do that with the you know with the idea that you're going to get that quote-unquote Kobe contract at the end especially if you're a guy that's brought South Florida you know three you know three uh, championships um that's it I got no problem I have no problem whatsoever with what Miami did I also don't have a problem with you know with the way and way making that decision the do the problem I do have is Trying to figure out what this Chicago team is going to be. Right. I, you know, I, I just got to be honest with you. I don't think those parts fit at all. I can be, I could be wrong. Maybe Fred Hoiberg's got something worked out. Maybe the, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the Chicago Bulls organization, they know, hey, just trust us. Maybe it's going to all fit. But I see the lack of shooting. I see the lack of, you know, I, 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 I see so many different issues. Uh, you know, Rondo, the numbers are good, but he's, you know, he's still every bit as ball dominant and not nearly as effective. On both sides of the court, uh, yes, he can play a little bit of defense when he wants to, but I don't know how consistently you know you're going to expect that. Uh, you know, with, so the mix of Jimmy Butler, Dwayne Wade, and Rondo—it's appealing, it's intriguing. I'm going to watch their games. I just wouldn't be shocked, and I'm not—you know—I'm not—you know—throwing out crazy conspiracy theories. But I wouldn't be shocked to would start all of a sudden once again hearing Dwayne Wade to you know Cleveland right around the trade deadline, especially if Cleveland you know feels as though they need some sort of boost, or if things aren't necessarily working out any better with the Kevin Love situation. That's all I'm saying.
0: All right, real quick, Jabari, just gonna throw at you some other moves that uh, that were made during the free agency period that were kind of like you know. Um, highlightful, Um Dwight Howard to the Atlanta Hawks. What do you make about that?
1: Good fit for both. Uh, the Hawks never get anybody, you know, big on the free agent market or free agency market. Um, you know, folks will snicker about Dwight Howard, and look, he does plenty of, it, you know, he brings plenty of it upon himself with some of the silly things that he says and some of the silly things that he does. But the guy can still be effective on the defense end. I like the fit. It's a small market. It's he's he's comfortable there. Hopefully, they'll be, everybody will be able to stay on the same page. They obviously have shooters to put around, to place around him, so I think that that could that could go well. I don't think they're a title contender, but I do think it's it's a it's a it's a definitely a good answer and a good um, excuse me a good uh, replacement for Al Horford. Obviously, they lost him earlier in the summer.
0: You just mentioned him, Al Horford. He now goes to the Boston Celtics. How does that help Boston?
1: If Boston is expecting him to be, uh, you know, like a quote-unquote superstar, uh, they've got, you know, maybe something else coming to him. They know what they've got there. He's a solid player, a very solid to very good, depending upon the night, and a guy that you can rely upon to do a lot of the different things that they, you know, quite just didn't have out of that position. And so, you know, so the addition is fantastic. I'm intrigued to see if it also leads to the addition of, of a guy like Russell Westbrook because I'm sure that you've seen some of those rumors floating around mm-hmm. uh, that – that basically a deal is almost all but imminent now a lot of a lot of stuff can be said a lot of things you know you, you have to question the validity of things at times especially when if you when you start to hear about imminent deals but if they're able to bring him in on top of having Horford that would be quite remarkable and then I'm then I'm talking about them in that discussion with that with those upper echelon teams in the Eastern Conference and they, you know they, that's an actual conversation at that stage actual. I guess it also depends upon how much they would have to give up for Westbrook, and and, you know, and and what pieces you know would be going out. But in terms of the Horford deal, I think it was good for them. Uh, I, I don't think I think you, you you pretty much got to a point where in Atlanta it wasn't going to they weren't going to have that ultimate level of success with him. Um, there was a bit of redundancy, in my honest opinion, between the, uh, both uh, Horford and Millsap. That's why I kind of like the pairing with with Howard down there better. So for Boston, you're happy. You're happy with Orford, Sorry, I know that was a little bit long-winded, but uh, with uh, with those rumors floating out there, I had to address that.
0: Probably, probably a, a small deal, you know. You know, name-wise, but the Cavaliers they get Mike Dunleavy from the Chicago Bulls. Do you think he'll have any impact off the bench to what Cleveland already has? Knowing they lost Moscow and Della Vadova?
1: I love that addition because Mike Donnelly, can play. He's shown that over the, over his, what, has he been in the league 10 years now, if not more? He's shown that he can play. He, he's a guy, he's a, he's, a, he's a gamer, he's a guy that will do sort of, sort of like, he'll, he'll do the dirty work but also knock down that corner three. He's a guy that can be relied upon to play, you know, a couple different positions, and a guy that can, you know, kind of be like a Swiss Army knife, off, you know, off of the bench for them. I'm not necessarily expecting him to play 25, 35 minutes or anything like that, but he, it's a nice luxury to have, especially when they lost, you know, a guy like Dellavedova you know, and, and and some of the other guys that some of the other pieces that have been, you know, that have uh, parted ways uh, this summer. I think it was a great addition.
0: Yeah, Mike V is a 14-year vet. Fourteen years. Fourteen. <laughs> he got drafted okay. uh, in '02. Uh, hey, you know that just tells you how old I'm getting because I'm
1: thinking like, yeah, maybe Tim's a little bit too much. Fourteen. Yeah. I still you know, <laughs> he, can probably, he can still get it done though. I, I I I do think it's a good addition. But my goodness, fourteen-year
0: vet. Okay. Yeah, he, he'll just be another guy that's on the wing, kick out, you know, hit him some, um, some three pointers. So I, I think that's a great addition to go along with. You know, with the other shooters they have with J.R. and and Kyrie Irving and, you know, Rich Jefferson was a big pickup last year and Channing Frye. So they the more shooters they collect, I think the better team they become. Um, To me, I think outside of the Knicks and stuff like that, the other Eastern Conference team. That did work was the uh, the Indiana Pacers. They got Thaddeus Young from Brooklyn, Al Jefferson from Charlotte, and Jeff Teague from Atlanta to go along with Paul George and and Monte Ellis. Um, how good, how scary can the Indiana Pacers be with that lineup?
1: I think they're going to. I think honestly, they'll be right there in that same mix with you. You know, with your team, if you know, if your team's able to stay healthy. I think they're right in that. You know, at, at perfect perfect you know know, three four five six range i think it's going to be a log jam in that range to be honest with you um and any of those teams you know like you know like the knicks and like the pacers and like the celtics i think any of them could you know they they could they, they could be in any order uh you know beyond that um I, I like the additions. Uh, I, I'm not saying that George Hill was subpar because a lot of people don't realize the impact that George Hill has on the defensive end. Um, but the reason I particularly like the Teague addition is the fact that he can get into the lane a little bit more, he can create a little bit more, and he's and, and he's capable of being that another guy that can get you 20 on, a, at, a, on a, you know, at a given time. Um, I think they were lacking that. Uh, you know, especially that, you know down the stretch of the playoffs, or a, a guy that can be cons- consistently relied upon. So I like them. I don't necessarily see them beating Cleveland. I don't see them. Be, you know, like I, I think that uh, it could be interesting if you if you talk about uh, a everybody's healthy you know situation with Toronto um, and obviously any of those other teams. But um, it, it, if, you, if you're the Pacers, you're at least happy that they, you know that they're making moves and improving.
0: Final question, Jabari. You mentioned Westbrook and. In some trade talk with Boston, we just don't know how how serious it is. Do you think that what's the likelihood that Russell Westbrook would be traded before the season starts or midway or the fact that he will be playing for the Thunder for the last time this year?
1: I think that the moment Kevin Durant let them know, whenever that was, that they were you know, that he was moving on and he was taking his talent, so to speak. Uh, the the next question was probably, hey, okay, Russ, are you staying? And if not, where do you want to go? Because they're not, you know, like they, they they've shown it in the past. You know, it's obviously with uh, you know with the with the Harden situation, with a couple of the you know, a couple of other negotiations, they've shown it in the past that. Um, you know they're they're willing to go ahead and make the difficult decision, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 if you're and if you're faced with a situation where you're gonna you're gonna realistically lose him at the end of the year, um, you if I'm them, I actually think the better time to trade him is prior to the season. I know some people would say no, you wait till the deadline and you see you know what the best possible you know the, uh, offer can be and you always have that as a fallback, but. I, I, I would have been fielding offers from that moment. I you know I actually tweeted about that, um, and and I, and I apologize to OKC fans about it being insensitive. But as soon as I found that out, I was like, okay, it's time for it's time to look to move Westbrook because I don't think that he wants to stay here anyhow. And I think that you know, quite frankly, you know Kevin Durant's decision to, move, to leave, while a lot of people were like, oh well, maybe it was because they were playing with Westbrook, it also could have been because Westbrook said, hey, next summer I'm leaving too.
0: Russell Westbrook, so, Russell Westbrook in the Eastern Conference would be something, uh, something very delightful to see.
1: Absolutely, I, I look. I don't care where he goes. Obviously, I'm biased. I'd love for it to be here to the Lakers uh, in a signing next summer, rather than cutting the you know cutting the entire uh, you know rookie core or young core for him. Uh, but no matter where he goes, it's going to be it, it's must see TV. You know, we saw it when Durant was, especially in that run when Durant was out, as well as when Durant was there. But when when it was kind of like you know the team was on his back, it, it was it was it was nightly appointment television to you know to see him out there. So no matter what, no matter where he ends up, I'm definitely gonna be the
0: one watching. And you know what? You know what, Jabari? Russell Westbrook should go to the Eastern Conference. You know, you know why? So you don't you don't have to play Jose Calderon the Lakers four times a year. <laughs> it's gonna to be too tough um, for him.
1: You know the Jose look, maybe uh maybe Jose Calderon is the is the Westbrook stopper. Maybe that's maybe that's why they maybe that's why they brought him in. No, nah, I nah, I'm with you.
0: I'm with you. <laughs> um Jabari Davis at Jabari Davis, NBA Basketball Insiders. Always great talking NBA with you. Um, let me know when you want me to come on your show, talk about some Knicks and free agency stuff. Um, but always a pleasure having you on, my man. Honestly,
1: it's, it's truly a pleasure. You know, I, I joke when they told you the other day, uh, you know, folks close to me, they say like, oh, yeah, I like when you're on his show. I enjoy it thoroughly, and I, I, I cannot wait to have you on over these next couple of weeks. Uh, we've got to talk to Nick in, in, in an extended conversation, as well as get your thoughts on the flip side on, on some of these moves. Um, you know, but I definitely look forward to it. I appreciate you having me on, and you know just uh, looking forward to the
0: next time. Cool, man. Thank you. I appreciate it.